What do you get when you throw a pandemic into an advanced society? The birthing of a pointless podcast. We are the neighbors upstairs. What's going on, guys? It's Lefty, neighbor on the left, here with you from the Neighbors Upstairs podcast with my friend, the neighbor on the right. It's just going to be him and I today. What's going on, righty? Hey, 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 everybody. How you doing, Lefty? I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. But I'm a little bit worried because the World Health Organization is now telling me and you that this virus may never go away. What? I mean, that does sound terrifying. But at the same time, though, there are realistically 100, okay, maybe not 100, but five or 10 ways that I can die every day. Yeah, look, it'll be here around, around us for a while. We got to learn to be better about our health, better about our immune system. But I don't think we need to get drowned in fear. I hear that. I hear At that. At the same right. time, though, I mean, should we just point blank 100% buy what the who is saying? I mean, isn't this the organization that said until, until January 14th that there is no human to human transmission? This is something they parroted based on China's input, which is kind of funny because Taiwan was saying on December 31st, by the way, there is human-to-human transmission. And Hong Kong was saying that on January 4th. Now imagine the WHO actually listened and showed some respect for Taiwan and Hong Kong. We would be in a different universe. I really don't like this, this soundbite that they're, that they're giving us and feeding us. You know, um, So this guy, I think his name is Ryan, I guess, from the WHO. And he basically says, I think it's important to put this on the table. This virus may become just another endemic virus in our communities and this virus may never go away. Well, Ryan, I refuse to accept that bullshit. I really do. I refuse to. Ex- I don't like that attitude, first of all. You know, it's kind of like, well, just get used to it. You know, sorry. It's what's happening is now they're basically trying to get us to get ready to accept the fact that this will never go away, right? Get ready to be okay with it. I'm not, and I, you know what? I'm saying I'm not okay with that. I, I do want them to figure out what's going on. I do want them to find a vaccine. This is this is not acceptable. This this type of attitude. Yeah, I, I I hear that frustration, but at the same time, though, there is some truth in what they're saying in the sense that look at the flu, right? It doesn't completely disappear from our life, but we do have a pretty good handle on it, right? We also have a pretty good handle on how to you know live as a healthy human being, how to protect your immune system, how to eat smarter. So I don't like it from the perspective of they're kind of trying to make it seem as if oh poor us humanity. We're going to have to deal with this. I mean, we also normally deal with a cold. Everyone typically, most people typically deal with some fever or flu or cold or something on a yearly basis at some point during the winter, even for only a couple of days. And, and viruses, there, there are over 100,000 viruses, you know, or something along those lines. And I'm, so, and you know, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm cool with that. All right. I'm, I'm so I'm okay. Like we have no choice. This is the reality that we live in. But to basically just point blank, tell everybody like, this is just what it's going to be. We're going to have it from here on out. No. How about you tell us, hey, listen, we're forever going to be looking for a vaccine and we, 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 are, we are making strides. We are trying to do our best. We're not giving up. We're definitely not giving up. Instead of this, yeah, I mean, this is what it is, guys. This is just how we're going to be from here on out. Definitely. That's not the, the best way to approach it. And again, I think more of public health should discuss and talk about how should we individually be improving our health and illuminating us on how many ways we can improve our health so that 
if we ever do catch a virus, it won't be the worst thing in the world. And I mean, just to uh, correct myself, there are actually about 320,000 distinct viruses in mammals. This is actually courtesy of Lex Friedman on Twitter. Uh, Shout out to Lex. But so, you know, yeah, there needs to be more of a focus on strategies and not just giving us bad news, you know? Agreed. This is, this is just over. Stop with the, stop being the bad news bears. You know, we're, we're looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't, don't, don't feed me this nonsense where, you know, we might be in a cave forever. So just be okay with it now. All right. Make a fire. Okay. Who make a fire and stop using your, your cell phone light because that cell phone, that battery will die. Let's try to find a, a fire that we can sustain. All right. Who stop with this nonsense. Let's not have this, you know, this naysayer uh, mentality. So yeah, that's all I got to say about the who. Step up your shit. I was also looking at some news about Costco and how they're requiring their shoppers to wear masks. Righty, you're not going to believe this, but some shoppers are angry with this policy, stating that the masks, the masks are uncomfortable, and that it is their freedom to deny Costco their request. Dude, what the fuck? Um, you don't own Costco. It is owned by Costco private. And not only that, it ain't even free to shop there. <laughs> you need an actual membership. So get with the program and understand, you know, you got to show some respect, not just for everyone else, but for yourself, because no one wants to be someone who unwittingly, you know, spreads or becomes a transmitter. Yeah. Don't so, be an asshole. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> put, on, put on a mask. Why does this have to be even said? Why is this even a story? Like, why? You know, we live in a time right now where to be an asshole is not... Well, what's up? Yeah, no, you know what it is? I mean, some people are just bug catchers, you know? They're bug catchers? Bug catchers. They they want viruses. They want bugs, you know? It it, it seems, unfortunately, there there are some, you know, people who just subconsciously, they're a little depressed and suicidal, and they're just doing behaviors that they know will hurt themselves and sometimes they're so not caring about the fact that they're harming themselves that they think eh, if i uh, harm someone along the way it just makes it more interesting i mean that's, but but catchers is a term for gay guys actually who love to uh, or who used to love to have sex with people who had hiv or aids because unfortunately their perspective on themselves was so low that they, they wanted to dance with death. You know, so you, so you're saying that this is probably what's happening disease. right now then. So you think this is, this is something that's happening. This we're living in the, in these this are parallel. people being bug catchers. Yeah. I, I didn't even look at it that way. Uh, that's, that's super sad. Uh, it really is sad. And um, I'm here to say people that are going to Costco that don't want to put on a mask, stay home. All right. How about you order online? Yeah, I mean, you got Insta, Instacart or many other ways to order your groceries. You have Instacart, and, and Instacart is great. Get on Instacart, create yourself a little username and password, order whatever you need. You don't need to wear a mask, I promise you. Stay yeah, home. And make your passport password, I hate masks. No worries. That's it. And no one will, no one will ever guess. No one. Ever. It just it won't happen. Yeah, like I, again, these stories are are insane and i kind of wanted to go into a little bit of ufc 249 aftermath the whole tony ferguson getting smashed debacle righty i know you i know you you're i feel like you're way more into ufc than i am now and that wasn't always the case i feel like i kind of brought you into it uh maybe am i wrong no for sure for sure i mean 
shout out to you um my first one of my first definitely maybe not my first maybe my second live hip view that i watched with you that was a fucking exciting one it was um 226 was it or 229 um, i don't even remember i don't Rukabee, even know how you know that mcgregor and actually tony ferguson was on there as well fighting anthony pettis there was um i remember that one that was a good one yeah that was a really good card that was really good and, and that's, a, yeah. that's an exciting one to get started on yeah. That was that was a really exciting yeah. one to get started on, right? Yeah. If you Hell were yeah. to ask me, hey, my boy here or my girlfriend, she wants to get into UFC, but like which card should she start? That's the one I would recommend. The one that you started on. Yeah. And I mean you also don't need to, you know, just start with a, a card. You can always just go watch classics because there I mean, are many classics. Two forty nine is a pretty good place to start. Tony Ferguson yeah. getting smashed by Justin Gaethje. Whoa. Whoa, though I will say Tony Ferguson did have a beautiful uppercut at the end of the second round. Nonetheless, yes, Gaethje was the smarter fighter. He was able to counter Tony and Tony, it was almost as if his aggression kind of hurt him because he went, he kind of played into going and being in Justin's striking range instead of being more defensive and trying to attack from the outside and not he was, letting he was being stubborn. so exposed. He was being stubborn. He was basically saying like, okay, I could take this punch. Don't worry about it. Try doing it again. He was, he was fighting that kind of fight, which was stupid. And I got to say something. I have never, I don't think I've ever seen Justin Gaethje fight. This is that, that was my first fight watching him fight. I know you're looking at me like I'm out of my mind. You didn't, how, how about his last fight? Was his last fight against Cerrone, I think? You didn't see no, that No, I know. I, I, I just didn't watch it. So to me, I, when I was watching with my dad, my dad was actually you know, rooting for Justin Gaethje. You know, he was rooting for Justin Gaethje. I don't even know why. I asked him if he watched Justin Gaethje before. He's like, no. He's like, I just, I got a good vibe on this guy. And he loves Tony Ferguson, which was really it was a huge surprise to me. But here I was like, no, there's no way. Tony Ferguson, he's going to take this. This is going to be cake. This guy's crazy. He is crazy. He kicks, he kicks metal <laughs> just because. Um, so, yo, imagine, you know, just imagine to my surprise, Justin Gaethje going absolute Hulk on on Tony Ferguson and, and Tony Ferguson being so stubborn and, and just trying to fight a little bit smarter and perhaps defending more and not eating so many Gaethje smash punches. I mean, what yeah. was, what was up with that? And you know, it's, it's also interesting that you mentioned that your dad was kind of rooting for Gaethje. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I seem to kind of see the tendency where the way the betting plays out, whoever ends up being the underdog in close fight, the kind of general fans seem to gravitate towards almost always towards wanting the underdog to win. You, you just, I think, I think that's a bit of an American thing. Very too. true. It's very true. My, my dad, he is a huge fan of the underdogs. Um, he, that's just how he's always been when it was McGregor versus Khabib, he was rooting for Khabib. And I, I know for a fact that he loved McGregor, uh, you know, during that fight, but he was, he was really angry at the fact that uh, McGregor was being cocky. He's like, no, that's not, nope, that's not good. I don't like it. You're being a piece of shit. I'm, you know what? I'm going to root for the other guy because he's a lot more respectful. And usually that's kind of seen as underdog behavior, being more polite and, you know, kind of, I want to say more humble. People aren't looking at you as a favorite. They're kind of looking at you as, a, as kind of like a throwaway opponent. And the person that's a lot more loud than, you know, in the room, you're usually looking at them as the person that is the favorite. So you hit the nail on the head there. He is a huge fan of the underdogs. Yeah. And, and going back to uh, Gaethje's performance, 
I mean, I've also he- I heard him on an interview post fight, and I've heard him I've heard him in interviews months ago as well. And just listening to his psyche and what it means to him being in that cage, and I mean, I'm I'm just floored. And I oh, so when they said respect. when he said that he blacked out, remember? She's like, do you remember anything? Or was it? I think it was Joe Rogan. It was Joe Rogan that night, right? I think Joe Rogan asked him, "Can you talk to me about the fight?" It's like, listen, I I was blacked out. <laughs> I have to watch yeah, it again. Yeah, I mean, because. He literally talks about, you know, really getting into the mindset of being ready to die in there. And when you're when when you really kind of get into that beautiful flow state where you're just completely giving yourself to the into the moment, it becomes this transcendent psychedelic experience that it's not about remembering it to egoically boast about it in the future. It's just about being so focused and present and doing the best being in in the the instinct being yeah. and living in the instinct yeah. um shout out to dragon ball super for anyone that uh watches or even cares yeah man he was basically ultra instinct that's where he was living i could totally see that he was he was reacting he was like yeah every, i mean i think that was one of the most beautiful performances i've ever seen by I mean, I, I ufc it. fighter i love and and you know what it's gonna be eventually Khabib versus Gaethje, and I want to I want to say that because Khabib really is a great wrestler, like I think probably one of the best in the U, the UFC has ever seen. His I mean his grappling, right? I mean he, he once he once he has his hooks on you, it's pretty much over. That's how Khabib is. He's not letting you go, and he just he wears you down. So how what is Gaethje gonna do? Like what's his game plan? Right, but you're forgetting something. While you've never seen Gaethje... Is he a wrestler too? Wrestle. He oh. was an All-American in college. I did not see... I did not know that. Okay, yeah, so, so he will be so, able to bring him down a little bit. So while, yes, Khabib is a monster when it comes to grappling, especially when it comes to pushing guys up against the cage and taking them down in that tight space. On the other hand, though, Gaethje is a strong lightweight. He is a really good wrestler. He has not done it because he hasn't needed it, and he kind of turned himself into a really good striker and boxer. Yeah, but he has, he has iron. He fists. has that <laughs> ace card in his back pocket as being and having had and lived through the grind of becoming an all-American college wrestler. So this actually, so this is actually a good matchup. Then he Hell will yes. give Khabib a Hell run yes. for his money. Okay, so I'm even more excited now because my whole thing was, well, I don't know if he has a good, if he has a wrestling background, and yeah, you know, Khabib. You know, say what you will. He he is a winner, but he's also boring to watch, right? He, he again, he grabs onto you, and that's basically it. So that's good. I, I want I want to see someone beat Khabib at his own game, and you know what? Maybe Gaethje is that guy, or perhaps it may be a fight where Khabib will try to do his usual ground and pound, but will struggle to get Gaethje down. That it'll become more of a striking match, and then Gaethje beats him. Yeah, if it's a striking it match, there's, yeah, there's no way. Khabib does not match with Gaethje from what I've seen in that fight at all. It's striking. Righty, it's, it, you know, just kind of found out right now that Fred Willard has passed away. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I caught that when I, while I was working out. It, it, man, that guy, he, always watching him, always, always would put a, a smile on my face. He was America's so boss. Fun. He was America's boss. Remember him from Anchorman? I mean, he was wonderful in so many different things. He was uh, in that in that movie, Best in Show. That was pretty good. He's actually going to be in that show called Space Force. 
<laughs> There's a movie called Space Force. No, it's a show. Oh, a TV it's going to be a TV show. Um, oh, based on The Office, right? Is that or related to it? No, it's it's going to be Steve Carell. And okay, so you know you know how you know we have a Space Force now. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, like they unfurl that flag. So yeah, it's basically a show about that. I'm not even kidding. There's it's a show about Space Force. It's not even like two or three years old. This, you know this new Space Force division or whatever, and we have a show about it already. And he's going to be in it, Fred Willard. And you know what? I'm going to watch it. I, I love that guy. I mean, he was also in Everybody Loves Raymond. He played, I think, Robert's father-in-law or whatever. Yeah, that's true. He was so great. So how is he going to be in uh, Space Force? They already shot it. So oh, they already he, shot it. Yeah, it's 10 episodes. There, He's in it. His name, I'm looking on IMDb. His name is uh, Fred Naird. I don't even know if I'm saying that last name right. But he's like one of those actors where you look at him, like you said, and you just smile because you know he's just he's just so positive. From what we know, I don't know if he was a positive person in real life, but he just seemed like that positive, happy-go-lucky soul. And Right, but you know what? Even if he wasn't always that way in his life, that off screen and obviously he wasn't because he was human so he experienced i'm sure sadness and depression regardless he still also he was that person exponentially every single person who's ever seen a tv show or a movie with him and that counts really a lot too i think i'm just looking yeah i agree i'm looking at his uh at his credits right now he was in 50 shades of black the parody, the Fifty Shades of Grey. Of course, like of course he was. That's the thing. Like of course he was in that movie. That makes sense. That's such a Fred movie to be in. You know. Yeah. He, he was so funny. <laughs> he was so funny. I mean, look at it. Just looking at it, like this guy. He was in amazingly, you know, funny parody films. And again, it's it's a loss. I hope he didn't die because of COVID. That'd be sad. But thank you so much for all that you have given. Oh, and by the way, he was a Virgo. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, Virgo. What what's his uh September eighteenth? All right, fellow Virgos unite. Yeah, he was he was awesome. Imagine we lived in the future voluntarily. If we wanted. Well, Alan Watts believes that there is no future. So I just wanted to put that out there for you, right? Cities where you lived with only fellow people who had your sign. (laughs) I would hate that. I don't want to be with, I don't want to be with Virgos. That's actually terrible. No, but, or, or you can go to any city of any other sign. So what other sign city would you prefer then? If not the Virgo city to live in? I think I would. I think I wouldn't mind hanging out with Virgos, but for like romantic situations, I'm getting the fuck out of there. <laughs> I, I'm no crazy people. I think I'm probably going to like, like a, like a Taurus, the city of Taurus, uh, because they're kind of stubborn. I guess I kind of like, you know, being sarcastic with stubborn people until they break. And then it's just funny for everyone. That's a good question. How about you? Uh, I think I'd stay in the Virgo one. Stay in the okay. Uh, Have you ever dated? Um, and I, I'm I, sure. Gemini. You know what? I'm, by the way, I'm sure. I'm sure that people are listening to this and cringing. They're like, "Why in the fuck are they talking about horoscopes?" And I agree, horoscopes are bullshit, but they're fun. They're fun to talk about. Whatever. This is a Hell thing. Yeah. They're around. You, they're yeah. around. You can't. You can't run away from it. They. They are around. So what were you saying? Another great credit that Fred Hold on, you didn't answer has. it. You didn't answer it. You got to answer it. Which which city? You said Virgo. And, and is that like for all occasions? I mean, that's what I would default to. But I'd be open to experiencing what differences may appear in the city of other horoscopes. 
Or which one? Which one are you like gravitating towards? I don't even know the distinctions to know what <laughs> to choose. <laughs> of course. All right, give me some more some more Fred Willard facts. Another great credit. He was actually in the movie How High, which is a great oh, fucking my stoner God. comedy. How High. Can we watch that together? <laughs> I I love that movie. I think that was the first Hell movie yeah. I watched with um one of our one of our friends that I'll I'll tell you after this. And um it was like that it was like that first movie I watched. It was during college years, like I was 16, 17 years old. I've long never seen hair. Long hair, you remember. And it was just perfect. It was perfect. I, guys, you haven't seen How High, you watched that movie. It's hilarious and it's timeless. Hopping backwards to uh, UFC 249 for a minute. A couple of other uh, fights to uh, kind of reminisce about that Bryce Mitchell dominance with grappling was one of the best non-submission grappling performances I think I've ever seen in a three-round fight. I'll be honest, I don't even I don't even remember the rest How of the card. You? I don't remember because because that uh, the whole Tony Ferguson uh, Justin Gaethje fight that. How about Engano Rosenstrike? No, no. Oh, thoughts, that was that, that was crazy. Hold on, that was that was a crazy. That was just a crazy surprise to me. It was such a shock moment because I actually thought Rosenstrike was gonna take it. I really did. And I mean, on Twitter, I, I even said it there just to you know. And I will own up to that. I really thought that he had a shot. I thought Nagano, uh, he's he's a good fighter. He's a great fighter. But Rosenstrike, I felt was more powerful. But to be knocked out the way he got knocked out, it wasn't even. You think? No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I've never seen them together. Hold on. You know what? Shut up, shut up, righty. Okay. I did not see them together in a ring. When I when they were together in the ring, I was like, no. But no, like the way he got knocked out was sad. It wasn't even like a straight punch. It was like a donkey punch. It was just a little ding. Yeah, that's what. I mean, that that and also he. Nganu was all out lunging on the previous two punches, which missed by a couple of inches. <laughs> and then that third one kind of like almost looked as if it grazed him. It didn't even seem to be such a hard punch. And that's what's so freaky about Nganu's power. Because some of the times that he's knocked down guys like Junior Dos Santos or Cain Velasquez or o- over him, that, was, that one actually looked like a really really great connection but with Kane and, and Dos Santos and even Rosenstrike they were not perfect and hardest and the hardest in Ganu punches and yet they just knocked these guys down and out <laughs> disappointing really disappointing we have we have enough time to talk about one hey man more thing. maybe John Jones is going up to fight in Ganu well yeah I saw so that he doesn't tweet. need to wait for DC and I saw those series of tweets <laughs> Yeah, I don't I, I don't really have much faith in Nugano if it's Nugano versus uh John Jones. I feel like John Jones takes that. He's more athletic, I feel. And yeah, he's just he's just more creative, I think. I think I think that kind of fight lends itself to if Ngannou can definitely knock out John Jones. I, I he clearly has power. He can, it's, but like can he really catch him? That's right, the question. So, right. So so I think it's a matter of either Ngannou would probably if he wins, he would probably get him within the first one or two rounds. And if not, John Jones will have been able to set the pace and just drag it to the third, fourth, and fifth round and win it that way. I think I think he gets him with a rear naked choke. I think John, that's how John Jones finishes the fight. He just chokes him out. A, a nice submission. I don't know. That's what I think. Um, we but we do have time for just like like a, like two minutes for a quick quick topic. Um, how about CNN calling Hornets? Asian Hornets. What what's going on with that? What do you how do you feel about CNN calling Hornets Asian Hornets and they are up in arms when 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 Trumpy over there says that 
the the coronavirus is the Asian is the Asian virus. Like, how do you feel? Or you feel about or, that? I mean, but though he only really says it to say Chinese well, he, virus. Well, he has it's from China. Well, he hasn't said it. He hasn't said it. He hasn't said it in a long time. But like, how do you feel about that? Like CNN is that not a little hypocritical? A little bit, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, but what, they're like, even worse because they're saying that? Asian. So it's all right. the Asian. Is false. Right. They're saying Asian hornets, right? I saw that. It really pissed me off. Um, do I think that calling but, the coronavirus the Asian flu is right? No, but it's like, hey, CNN, how about you stay consistent? Just stay consistent. Call them hornets. Call them killer hornets and just go with that, right? Though, let's give you a shout out stupid. to the praying mantis and their, the way they t- say to these hornets, who are you? <laughs> Yo, you don't, I mean, they yeah. just... Decapitate them, no problem. And then what's funny is below the hornets are the bees who the who the hornets decapitate, no problem. True. Did you watch that? It's all a video though. There's a video of of like a killer hornet going inside a beehive, and these beehives, they're just fucking scared. Okay, and you can see that they're just they don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, though, all of a sudden, they jump this killer hornet and destroy him. You saw that? Yeah, they they all all their heat just goes all they all go on top of him until he kind of just they cook him with all their body heat basically i loved it i love him <laughs> i feel like it's a great meme for when someone has a great idea and then groupthink destroys that great idea and i'm not saying the killer hornet is a great idea but i saw that i was like that's exactly what happens in meetings you got like this really good idea but everyone is already set in one way maybe just don't say anything or if you do again groupthink mentality just destroys that momentum yeah, i mean you have. that that's the, the what the bees did i guess is cancel culture it's it's, <laughs> right? cancel. it's like who, the guys the hornet says some provocative thing and then cancel culture is all these people one it's by like, one it's like hey you on. are done we we don't we don't condone the fir- your first name we don't like we don't like that it's it's pretty much over all right guys i want to say that that is a pretty cool way to end the episode neighbor on the right as always it's been a pleasure hell yeah and, and I want to say, guys, if you enjoy these episodes, follow us, subscribe to us. Let us know what you think. Go find us on Twitter. You know, go on our website, theneighborsupstairs.com. Find our social media. Again, follow us. Let us know what you think. And yeah, have a great one. Later.